when things are not necessarily going the way you expected, which obviously we know expectations are a tough mindset in general, but if they weren't going the way you expected, can you still be optimistic, even though that's happening? And we're not asking, can you be happy? Can you be optimistic? Can you be hopeful? And what optimism never says is things are perfect. Toxic positivity says things are perfect. Welcome back, everyone, to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our hope with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, but most importantly, a safe space to live authentically with a community of conscious kings. Every week, we will take a deep dive into topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, conscious leadership, and powerful guest appearances. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you every single day in the arena of misunderstood masculinity. Let's get into today's episode. What is going on? What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I'm your co-host, CK, aka Coach Kyle. What's up, my people? It's your boy, Anwar Ahmed, a.k.a. A Squared. Welcome back, everyone. We're excited to bring you another episode this week. And we have a conversation coming to you live about happiness, something that seems to be constantly evolving, constantly evading, ever-present and ever-elusive. But before we get into the conversation, you know what time it always is. Yo, Coach Kyle, what's <laughs> going on, my man? Listen, by like episode 100, I'm telling you guys, my voice will get better. And you, guys, and it is, it has gone better. Whether you guys want to admit it or not, I'm holding that note out way cleaner. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'll take my own flowers. I'll take my own flowers. because I know people will be hesitant to give them. Uh, honestly, honestly. And I'm excited for people to be able to watch these little clips on YouTube because they get to watch you do the the ooh, with your facial expression and the whole like you give it a whole aura it's a whole vibe for you i'm literally like there's effort here this is not this is not we're trying ladies <laughs> and gentlemen this is effort <laughs> oh i love it i love it how's your mood man how are you doing how am i feeling today what's my mood i like that we're having a conversation about happiness because uh, I noticed that it seems, like I said, it's ever present but ever elusive, and uh, I, I like feel like right now, elusive. Elusive, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I would say that right now in my current position, we've had some pretty powerful conversations lately, which have really sparked a lot of inspiration in me. So rather than using the classic word of like I'm good or um, you know I'm doing well, I feel like uh, I'm feeling inspired. I feel like the universe is moving in the a beautiful direction for me and it is creating a sense of inspiration for all facets whether it's the coaching or it's this podcast or it's you know even our friendship or my relationship it just seems to be very creative in that sense and the creativity is sparking a lot of inspiration so i'm in, i'm inspired that's my nice. mood. inspired inspired my, i like that's it's not a, isn't that just like a great place to be? 
inspired because mm-hmm. I feel I, I love obviously I love motivation. I love inspiration. I love leadership. Like those are all kind of things that self development. You know, it's, no, you do. I did not oh, know that. Man, I, I literally am obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed, and just I think one of the things I really enjoy about the world and the world that we live in is being around inspired people. Like that to me is like that to me is drugs. Like that's that's human drugs for me when i see in, someone who's inspired uh, about what they're doing and it could be anything you know people who are passionate about what they're doing are inspired that 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 gets me going like no other like it it makes me go attack the things that i want to get out of life with a little bit more um aggression and you know just you know determination and purpose and um, mm-hmm. so i love and they seem to be inspired about everything they look at like a, a tree or uh, an empty business and they just see opportunity in there and the creative juices are flowing it's mm-hmm. crazy but so beautiful yeah what do you what do you think i'm not gonna lie when when i think maybe i love when people are inspired about everything because you just you just you just you just called me out there is there is and you called me out quietly you didn't even know you were doing it but <laughs> When, when someone is like inspired by very like simple things like trees and like all of like, when they're like, they're just like, I'm inspired. I feel very disconnected to that, like that, like literature. Like I'm always like, Mm. how, like, I'm always trying to figure out like, how can I be inspired by, like, I think I'm inspired by action and Mm. not as much by like things that are still and not moving. Like, if that makes sense, is that, is that weird to say? Like, I mean, it's interesting language. I, I definitely enjoy the conversation that could bring. Like, you know, when people are just like, oh, I'm so like, aren't you just so inspired by like, and then they say like something that's like a, a standstill object, for example, or like, right, whatever. like an ocean view or something. Yeah. And they're like, I'm so I'm, I'm like, maybe I'm not grounded enough. Maybe I'm not connected to the universe or something, <laughs> but like, I don't actually really get that inspired by those kind of things, but I do get inspired mm. of like people going from like A to B, for example, like mm. people like like using action to get to something that they are like wanting to achieve or trying to trying to get to mm-hmm. so i don't i'm just so this sounds like the very masculine way to look at it maybe it's <laughs> a so very doer structure direction mindset it's like if you're not moving i'm not inspired <laughs> it sounds like that doesn't it it really does sound like that um but i'm trying to think i'm like do i do i get is there times where i feel inspired by something that doesn't maybe involve action or um, trying to think. I mean, when you go into, into nature and you're in this state of, of stillness and, and nothing's really moving at that point, I mean, it's growing, but you can't, it's hard to notice. Do you find that you can have inner inspiration? Like, do you feel like that's a creative space for you? Um, or is it somewhere else where you feel like it's more of a doing environment? You know, I think I like this line of question because it's making me, think about stuff um i think when i get into nature because i just recently went to the cottage too so like i was right. like in nature like in bonfire stuff like that what i what i find from those spaces is not inspiration but i find an inner calm that then like helps me find the energy to get back to what i was doing you know what mm. i mean it almost is like it's the equivalent of like getting out of the rat race like when you live in downtown toronto like you're running at 100 miles an hour right you're more you're really moving really fast you're you're in action 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 mode and it's almost like to me being on the treadmill and you get tired like you're running for so long when i get sucked out of that environment i get put into nature there is like a blissfulness that just exists to me in nature that calms my nervous system down like i just Mm. calm down a bit and i get to just 
I see the, I see the, the, the simplicity in things. Um, like a great example, I love staring at fire and watching like the top of it, like, like, like spark and stuff. And I can see those details so clearly, like the small nuances of the fire and the, 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 the pieces of wood that are getting caught on fire at different times. And, and when I get to slow down and my world is slow and I'm staring at something so simple like nature or ocean, the water moving in and out, when I come back into the rat race for a split second there, I have a bit more of an acute awareness for meticulous things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm able to see the details in what I'm doing a little bit clear because I've slowed down a little bit. Um, and then, so it's not necessarily inspiration that I get from it, but I do, it refreshes me maybe is a better word. Like I feel more refreshed to be more inspired, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I do find it, it's hard to be inspired sometimes when you're tired. Like mm-hmm. if I'm in the rat race and I'm tired, I find that my inspiration level is also declining. Like I find my highest inspiration levels when my energies are at the highest. Like if my energy is high, my inspiration is high. Mm-hmm. If it's hard to inspire me when I'm like down and out. At that point, I don't need inspiration. I need motivation. Like when, when my energy is low and is yeah. it weird to separate the two words? Cause they feel different to me. Um, inspiration, motivation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I feel like inspiration is more of a creative state and motivation is just the, the feeling of like you actually want to do something. Right, exactly. So when I'm low energy, I'm more seeking out motivational things. Mm-hmm. And when I'm high energy, I, I that's when I'm my, I'm more open to the world and like being inspired. Like I'd love right. to be inspired because I have high energy, good inspiration. Those two things to me are like I'm in my best creative like mindset. Yeah. Um, but I seek out motivation more than I seek out inspiration. I think because like I'm mm. in this rat race of getting tired. I need more motivation to get back to where I was, and then it's like right. I'm in that game for a lot longer. So, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, we motivation is definitely a topic in and of itself, I think, uh, in the sense of just like what that means to the world and what it means to you. But I definitely recognize like when I'm tired, I feel like I'm just in survival state. I'm just looking to just get out of this, this feeling. So it's very fighty or flighty, you know, it's just like, I'm just navigating very reactively with the world whenever I'm low energy. So seeking motivation is very much almost like a, almost feels like it's a fight. It's like a fight response to, to fight myself back into feeling motivated. And you definitely don't have uh, any creative space open in your mind. You're very blocked off because you're very like tunnel vision on just, just feel better. Mm-hmm. Damn it. You know, just feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How's your mood, Poppy? How are you feeling? How I'm feeling? You know, what's funny because we, when we do mood checks, it's, it's sometimes very reflective of the day, right? Like today we do a mood check in this moment. It. Yeah. And in this moment, you know, so like if I've had a great, you know, couple minutes leading into this, like that might like really dictate how I feel. And I might just kind of be speaking from that same Sunday kind of environment or whatever Saturday, but I want to actually do a mood check on basically my, on a reflection of my week, just like how my week kind of went, I'm going to go that route this week. Love um, it. And I had a, uh, I'm going to say I was very defensive all week. And what I noticed is that I was dealing with a lot of rejection and I felt like I was going into a very defensive state because of it, you know? And I recognized that things haven't been going according to plan at work. Things haven't been working and it's not even just work. Like there's other areas in life that things have just been not going to plan. And the accumulation of that I realize has been shown in my defensiveness in everything now. Like it's small conversations mm. this week. I've been very defensive about it's almost like I'm trying to right the wrong of all the rejection and trying to be like, I can do things right. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm. what is all this rejection? Like, there's no way I could be wrong that many times. And it's like, it's putting me in a defensive state. And I had to recognize it. And like halfway through the week, I was like, 
I'm very snappy right now. I'm, 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 I'm in a very, like, I'm like, everything is bothering me, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's because a couple things went wrong and now everything is bothering me, you know? Um, and so it was interesting to just, you know, reflect on just how a couple of things, a couple of events can now, like, you could be carrying those events for like a long period of time, you know, a couple of things go wrong on Tuesday. I got a couple of rejections. And if you don't deal with that, now I'm, I'm being defensive, like in every area of my life. Like that's not even the work area. If you come at, if you were coming at me for a personal thing, like, and you didn't even come at me, you just said something that I thought was defensive. I'm bringing that rejection from work now into my personal life. And I'm acting as if, you know, everything is going wrong, you know, and it's more so just right. that one, that one area of my life, things weren't moving and I wasn't getting any progress. Um, and it's just, it was a good, it was just a good reflection period for me of just like how sometimes, you know, one area of your life can dictate so many others, good or bad, you know, if work is going really well now, all of a sudden you're talking to your partner better. Like everything is all like, you know, you're happier. You're because work is going well, you know? And, right. um, it was, just, it's a good snapshot for me to just be like, don't let, don't let one thing kind of dictate, you know, and kind of like take over your personality, you know, learn how to, you know, put things in, in silos and, and, and manage those silos. And, um, mm -hmm. and it's hard too. I think that in those situations, a lot of the, the rejection that you face specifically in your workplace is very much out of your control, right? Super. It's a very out of control experience. And you put in so much effort to support the, the hope that it's all going to work out the, in the best way that you have. Uh, I would imagine an expectation of is like, look how much work I've put in. This is going to work out great. And then you get rejected and it's a very much an out of control experience. So then unconsciously your mind's like, okay, we need to find everything possible to control right now. And if something adds to this idea of spinning out of control, it's worse because it just seems like it's a, it's so, so common. And that is a hard feeling because we don't love ever feeling like we're out of control. It's not a, it's not a lovely feeling. Mm -hmm. It is. I feel like when you can learn and the, get into the practice of surrender, but man, I cannot tell you how hard it has been in my experience to surrender to what's happening around me. It is hard, especially as a man. Cause I feel like our logical brain is like, no, hold on. <laughs> like, hold on. Logic says that makes absolutely no sense. So explain to me what's going on. And, th and then you can't. There's no explanation. And so you're just sitting there in an, in an unexplained way and it's confusing. And, and like literally, dude, if you, a, fr a friend of mine reached out to me and it was just like, man, you're like, when you're mood check, you're always good. Like what's going on? Like, you're always like, you're just good. And I realized in that reflection period of, I was like, what do I mean by good? Like when I say the word good, what am I implying? And what I realized is to me, good is I got the ship in control. Like, mm. To me, when I say good, it's not even associated to like, I feel good. Like when a happy song comes on, like there's no serotonin to when I'm saying the word good. The word mm -mm. good for me represents I'm in control of the life that I'm leading right now. Like um, if I'm the captain of this ship, the, this, the water's looking good. The winds are in control. Like that's literally what I mean by the word good. Like mm -hmm. I'm not talking about this euphoric happiness. Like it has nothing to do with that. It's, and it's such a, so it's such a good reflection period to me. I'm like, I'm not even answering that question correctly. Like I'm not even answering it with an emotion. <laughs> I'm answering it with the, you know, how am I steering the ship? Like that's how it lands in my ears. Like that's how I mm -hmm. hear the question. Um, so it was a cool little reflection piece for me to be like, what do I mean when I say good? And I realize, you know, I realize in that moment that good to me means I'm in control, mm. um, which is a great feeling. Like I like being in control going back to what you said, 
the being in control feeling is something that I enjoy. It gives makes me feel like, okay, good, bad, or ugly. I'm in control. Like mm-hmm. I don't care about the positives and the negatives of the ship as much as I do. Is it, are we in control? Like, um, and that's where a lot of the stress and the, you know, the anxiety and all of those things come is when, you know, the, 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 the waters of the seas are really <laughs> rocking the, the rock in the boat. Things are going left and right now. I'm like nervous, anxious, um, you know, stress filled. Um, so yeah, I, I, is, is that, is that same for you? Like when you say good, is that what you're referring to too? Or. Yeah. I, I think that the idea of good is so fascinating to me and I recognize it so often. I was actually speaking to my partner about this recently and, she had brought up that I often just say good. And there are rare moments when I say great. And she was trying to navigate what I meant when I said great, because it changes. It seemed to change. It was never consistent with what maybe I was actually feeling or what was actually going on. And so uh, she recognized that that's what I was saying. And so I started to reflect on it and realize that I just always say good. And it kind of ties a bit into the conversation today. Well, not a bit, a lot in that, Great to me feels like there's a pressure that comes with it. There's a pressure that I'm supposed to be a specific way in order to be great. Things have to be perfect in order for them to be great. So things don't feel perfect. So therefore, great doesn't seem like it's what I'm actually feeling. So I just say good. And even if an experience is actually great, like the other day, uh, we had a conversation with a powerful guest. And I remember leaving it thinking that was great. And then I got asked the question, how was the podcast? And I'm like, oh, it was good. <laughs> I still didn't say great. And wow. it's so, because for me, it was the conversation itself. I couldn't separate from the totality of everything that's happening in my life. Right. Like I still felt like there were pieces of things that were not in perfect alignment. So therefore the conversation couldn't have been great necessarily because I, again, I was tying it in this grander vision, which really takes me out of the present moment. Sometimes it takes me into this big conglomerate of life uh the future very men are very future focused we're very future we future trip all the time we're not so often past Uh, i find that the the feminine or the the women of a woman in my life is very past focused and i'm very future focused uh and we're trying to find this space in the middle and be more present but it's a challenge because i'm always thinking forward and because i'm thinking forward i'm like "Mm, am i on the right trajectory are things really aligning that well is it working in my favor are my expectations being met xyz and if those aren't happening then i'm not great i'm good and how often are those things actually happening well never because i don't know what tomorrow brings and yet i feel like i know so then i need to wait to see if i'll do that or that'll happen for it to be great which is a wild mentality so yeah i i say good a lot And I think everyone does. And even when I attend uh, spaces at work, I often recognize in other people, which is obviously a mirror to me that everyone just says good. So at work, I try to change my language and they're like, how are you? And I say, oh, I'm peachy or I am wonderful, or I'll just throw a random word out there. Not because I'm actually feeling that way, but because this is an interesting reflection, but because I want them to think about it differently. I want them to stop thinking good and actually tell me how they're feeling. But yet, in, in contrast, what I'm actually saying to myself is I want to express how I'm feeling and I'm not. It's a very interesting journey. My friends, let's talk about mental health and the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Tether, a peer enabled mental health and well being platform for men. Tether helps men find meaning and purpose through community, accountability pods, and a 24-7 support network. 
Tether invites us all to be a part of changing the face of masculinity and letting every man know that struggling and vulnerability doesn't make you any less of a man. It simply makes you human. And for me, I've had a lot of personal experience with this app. I've used it many times. I've shared a lot of vulnerable moments. I've shared some strength moments, some exciting moments. The app is open for everyone to simply just share. And like I said in the introduction, a peer-enabled space where we're supporting each other without any pressure to fix, just simply to honor each other's journey. They also just added in a conscious content section where they're sharing podcasts they're sharing blog posts it is a really powerful space so we really want to implore you and encourage you to download it from the app and google store it is tether t-e-t-h-r available on both app stores join the community i promise you will not regret it let me let me let me ask you a very simple question kyle are you happy You know, we were planning for this episode and I thought that there'd be a point where I'd be ready to answer this. I knew this was quite, I knew this was coming. That's the hilarity of it all. And yet I sit here and I feel so much resistance to that question. Like I can feel my body rejecting the response because it's twofold. I feel in, in the sense I can say yes and say, yes, I'm happy. But then am I lying to appease the idea of what it means to be happy in the world? Am I lying to fit this mold or am I actually feeling that way? Is it a belief? What, what's happening in my life? Do I actually feel that way? And I think even with my mood check today, if I reflect on where I'm at in this present moment, my answer is yes. Fast forward three days when I start my technically work week and I am preparing for that work. If you ask me that again in that moment, I may say no which is fascinating on how it just seems to be here and not here so quickly. You know, one moment I am and one moment, one moment I'm not. And intertwining in this conversation, what I recognize is a lot of times the moment to moment feeling is not necessarily because things have changed, but because I reject it. I reject the feeling and I put up a wall. I put up a, I just, I always put something in the way because I feel like it is, or it has been for the majority of my life, something that I'm chasing. And I, I feel like you can probably relate because we've had conversations a bit about happiness. So I'll extend the question back to you in a moment, but this idea of it being elusive to me says it's in the future. Happiness is in the future. It is not something I can feel now because my conditioning says, check more boxes off, accomplish more things, be in a better quote, quote position, have more things, have more money, have more abundance of whatever in order for that to be attained, in order for you to feel that way. And that idea of being on this treadmill that we've spoken about so many times is there's no movement in that. You're not actually moving forward in life. It feels like it, but the belief about how you feel and where you're actually at in life and the gratitude and all that never arrives. It never is actually a feeling. So happiness is elusive to you. And it is to me. It never comes into my space because I don't allow it to. It's here. It could be here. 
I, I believe, but it's not because I block it. So am I happy to come to a full rounded, come full circle in this moment? Yes. I think in this moment that I, I would absolutely say yes. And that is not to lie to make it, you know, be like, wait, why aren't you happy? You know, why, why? Are I, Cause I also don't want that question. You ever feel that way? Like if you say no, no, I'm not happy. I know. And then you got to get asked, well, hell, because now people are concerned. Why aren't you happy? Mm-hmm. I don't want to ask. I don't want to ask that question. Because then what that forces me to do is look at all the things that I'm not happy about or feel like I'm unhappy about. And people will look at me and I feel like they'll, <laughs> this is a funny reflection. I feel like they'll look at me and they'll be like, you, you have a lot of great things. Like, why aren't you happy? You know, and then there's a pressure with it. I just, I, it's so interesting, this idea of the, or even just this word happiness. But I, again, I told the audience that I would reflect the question back to you. Um, I'm sure you want to dive deep into my story, but um, are you happy? I like how simple this question is because I think most men, most people, when they hear, are you happy? They get tongue tied a little bit because you're navigating so many different definitions. One, so many different emotions too. And if you don't, if you haven't really defined those definitions or emotions, it makes it really hard to answer the question like directly, like with a yes or with a no, you know, even just the way you answered the question, you know, I am today, will I be tomorrow? Like, it almost seems like it's not like a one size fits all type of, you know, I feel like so many of whatever recently has just happened for you will play a big role in how you answer the question. So much of like, what goals do you have set for the future will answer a big role, a big, you know, have a big say in the question and how you answer it. If you haven't been in a goal setting state, for example, and you've been in, uh, you know, where you do kind of been treading along, there's nothing really that you're trying to achieve and seek. You might find yourself landing in that yes space very easily because it's like you're not chasing as much. You're you're kind of happy with where you're at, where things are at, uh, where you've gotten to. It might be easier for you to say yes. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, if if you've just recently set a whole bunch of new goals and everything is way out there in the distance, you might feel like you want to say no because you're nowhere near what you've set out. You're mm-hmm. nowhere near. You've set out this long, elaborate journey. You're nowhere near that. Um, to you, typically when we goals, we, we set goals and things like that, we're writing things down that we think will bring us joy, happiness, peace, passion, right? So if you've just ripped off a bunch of things there, you're nowhere near any of those things, but you know, all those things would bring you internal peace and you've set it out. You're just going to associate happiness with your distance between that and where you're at. Mm-hmm. So that might lead you to a no. I wonder if there's an opportunity to answer that question without either of those things, you know, without the achievements that you've set out in front of you without, Mm -hmm. you know, the past, is there an answer? Is there an opportunity to answer that question in present tense, not from Mm -hmm. past tense, not from future tense, but right here, right now. And that's what I struggle with, you know, is being able to answer that question, honestly, in the moment, you know, because my answer is so predicated on the past and so predicated on the future, you know, I never really answered that question from like a present state. Like, what are you feeling right now? Like, are you happy right now? Um, but you know, I'll, I'll take the opportunity to be more vulnerable and say, no, like, I'm not, I'm really not happy. Like, and I think that I answered that question from a place of knowing that in between both those, where I'm going, where I'm coming from, there's still a lot of pain in both those places for me. Like, Mm -hmm. and so 
the difference though, I will say, and the difference that I will, you know, point out when, you know, like you said, the reason why you're so resistant and the reason why I'm so scared to tell people, yeah, I'm not happy um, is because I don't want all that pushback. Like, I don't want all the what's wrong, like, blah, 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 because I don't know if this is, I don't know. And we're in our discovery section right now, right? We're discovering things about this conversation about ourselves. I'm not pessimistic though. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not happy, but I'm very optimistic. Like, Hmm. I know that I'm on a journey towards happiness and I've accepted that. Like, I'm not happy right now, but I know I'm ascending to it. I've put things in place. I've put structures in place in my life to help help me get to the happiness. I'm just, I know I'm not there yet. Like, I know Hmm. I haven't gotten there and I would just be, I would be lying to people if I said, I'm happy right now because I know that there's so many things that I actually would make me happy, but I'm not there yet, you mm. know? And there's still things that, there's people in my life that are, you know, unhappy. And how can I be, uh, for me, I feel like I can't really be happy unless like they found their happiness too. And like, I'm working towards helping them find their happiness, you know? Like, it's not everybody in my life, but there's very important pillars. There's very important people in my life that, I struggle to be like, oh, I'm so great. Knowing that that person I really care about is in a lot of pain right mm-hmm. now. Like, you know, and so for me, it's, 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 it's the happiness to me is a, is a journey is a process that I'm working towards. Um, and being fully happy, being able to say, I am happy. Like I'm really happy with all of my accomplishments. I am really happy with where I'm at in my life. I'm really happy with who I am as a person. I'm really happy with the people that I love and where they're at in their life. I'm not there. Mm. I'm not there. Um, but I'm not negative about it either. Like, right. I just and- know. I just know that that's the process. Like I, I'm. I'm working towards getting there, and I'm happy with the structures that I put in place to get there. And I'm just gonna, I'm just pounding the pavement at this point and putting in the reps. So what, what does it feel like to be optimistic then? Cause when I am listening to your story, I resonate deeply with it in the sense of this idea of very future focused man psychology is just like, what's coming, what's next. I've accomplished this today. What, what can I do now? Like I, it's very much uh, the, the idea of it being elusive still, right? Like I accomplished, like, let's say a post conversation this today, right? We're done this conversation and I feel good in this moment, but I'm, I'm still kind of in the idea of once this is done, then I feel better because it's complete, you know, it's like a task done, but even then the task is done. I don't leave this and say, okay, you, you, you're happy now. Like, I don't feel, I don't necessarily operate that way because I feel like, okay, what can I do next? You know, what should I do next is actually the real question. Not what could I do? It's what should I do? And what am I supposed to do next? Mm -hmm. And what that leads me down is to the idea that there's more things that I could be doing and therefore I'm never doing enough. So which ties back to my self-worth. Now, when you say optimistic, I feel like there is a sense of good, great feelings that come with feeling optimistic. I would, I would, I would imagine. So I think that's comes back to my original question. What does it feel like to be optimistic? How does it feel? Hopeful. Hopeful. So if it feels hopeful, then maybe, 
I'm not processing this as we speak. Maybe the it's like the it's like the word love. You know how much pressure comes with the word love, mm-hmm. right? But it's just a word. But we all there's this idea that we need to relate love back to a feeling, right? That's what they always try to tell you. And yet the word itself still controls us. The word itself still has all the power, not necessarily the feeling. And it feels like in this conversation, what I'm navigating from my own journey is that the pressure of the word happiness is overbearing and unnecessary. And it almost makes me feel like the word itself has come to a place where it just is removed. And that sounds weird. And it sounds a little unorthodox. And uh, I think my explanation is happiness is the umbrella, let's say, right? Happiness is like this, the top of the umbrella, but what's under the umbrella? Joy, excitement, fun, creativity, inspiration, maybe hopeful, optimist. Like there's so many things that come under the umbrella of happy. So who's to say that one of those words doesn't still bring about happiness? I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Cause optimism still feels like a good feeling because you feel hopeful. Hopeful is a good feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, feeling uh, excited about something. Maybe you don't feel happy, but maybe it's because it's just simply the pressure of the word happy. Maybe it's because it's, we feel like happiness is bigger than it really is. I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking, I'm speaking on the fly here. I don't know if that's bringing up anything for you, but I feel like there's a, there's a beautiful redefinition coming into play for me in my own journey right now. Well, no, it, it doesn't, it does bring, um, you're working it through and, you know, so you're not maybe articulating it exactly how you would. I took from that is that, you know, the idea of, of happiness is that once you kind of say that word, there's no other feelings that you can have that like go against it. Like, right. If happy is how you've defined yourself, then now I'm looking for a bunch of positive words underneath that because you've just said happy. So you're happy. Now there can't be negative words underneath that expression of like life, you know, and it's negative experiences. It's like, can you, can you be happy when things aren't going as you expect them to? Exactly. Right. So I think that, that, that speaks a lot, right. It speaks a lot to the ability of like, now, when you answer that question, you could be happy in three out of the 10 things in your life. But we will hold off saying that we're happy in general because there's seven things that aren't going well. Right. But you are happy in three areas, right? Or, like, or the funny part is we believe are going well because maybe they are. And it's just something that we're not understanding clearly. I recognize that about my journey a lot as I'll look at certain components and say, no, that area of my life is not going well. And I'm not enjoying it, quote, quote, but is it really not going well or is it not going well because I'm looking at it in a way that's not going well? Mm-hmm. And I know that what I know, I can already hear people in the background thinking, well, that sounds a lot like toxic positivity. And I get that. I totally understand that. And what I think I know about my journey is that toxic positivity is never something I try to seek out. What I do try to seek out is what is the lesson? And what comes from that sometimes is not an enjoyable feeling and resistance and discomfort of being like, get away from me. Like, I don't want to answer that question. (laughs) And so that's, I think, uh, the rejection of the lesson that it's presenting. So then I say, no, it's not going well. I don't enjoy it or it sucks or uh, it's bringing me 
annoyance or irritation or it's just not a great component of my life. And then if, if I ask the question of what's the lesson, it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't do it then. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what is it about that experience that is causing you discomfort? Um, and what is that trying to tell you about yourself and your life? And I, obviously these are deeper questions that come through a lot of reflection, but I uh, just brought back, back to my idea of my own life is there's certain spaces where usually I find that it's work. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but work seems to be the overbearing. And I feel like this is a man, a very man mentality of um, when work's not good, life's not good. Mm-hmm. I find that often is that if I don't feel like I thoroughly enjoy my work, thoroughly enjoy because of the idea of passion and purpose and mission and all this stuff, then therefore it's not good. And therefore I am not succeeding as a man. Therefore life's not good as a revolving theme. It's kind of like nine things are great, but the one, one thing is not nine out of 10, mm-hmm. but the one is so big. Cause there's so much pressure on the one and mm-hmm. so much like bigger vision on the one that it's like, well, no, life's not good. No, mm-hmm. I'm not happy. Let me give you, let me give you a, a very clear kind of definition for me in terms of like how this resonates and how it feels for me internally. And I think it's, it's an expression, it's a, it's a chapter of my life and it's an experience of my life that allows me to see this moment a lot clearer. Hmm. When I was at my lowest point in life and I was at, you know, a point where, uh, you know, d- depression felt very, very prevalent in my life. Unhappy was there, right? I was unhappy in that state too. No gratitude, no optimism, no hope, no faith. We're also in that bucket. Flip it around. I'm not happy, but I got a hell of a lot of gratitude. I got a hell of a lot of optimism. I'm hopeful and I have faith. That's the difference between my mindsets. But I can't, I'm not just going to pretend to be happy. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm working towards being happy, but I'm not. Another example, if I was someone who was down and out and, you know, I wasn't, I was unhappy and I met you and you, you took me in, you made a plan for me. And after a week you were like, Hey, Anwar, like, you know, are you, are you happy? I'd be like, no, but I, I feel like I'm on the rise. I got a plan now, but I'm not going to be happy overnight, but I got a plan. And that gives me enough internal excitement that I'm like, I'm excited. I got a plan, but I am not happy. Like I just literally, I was just on the street a second ago. I've been here for a week and I got a plan and I'm just going to be happy. No, but I might increase my gratitude level. My gratitude level has probably gone up. My optimism has probably gone up. And ultimately, I feel like those are the things that necessarily really matter. And that happiness is a bit like a hard thing to chase. It's a hard thing to you know, to grab onto. I feel like it's a bad marker for me. Like, I don't like happiness as a marker for me. Optimism is a better marker for me. Am I negative or am I positive? First and foremost, where's my head at? Am I in my pessimistic bag or am I in my optimistic bag? I try to control that as best as I can. If I go three weeks, four weeks and everything in my mind is negative, I got a problem on my hands. But if, I, I, if I'm not happy and I, everything else is, I'm optimistic still, I'm hopeful, um, then 
I, why, why entertain the idea that I'm not happy? That's not going to, that's a bad mm. marker. It's a bad indicator. To me, that is like the equivalent of the rapid COVID test. It's a quick test. Who knows? You might be positive, you might be negative. If you are going to hang your hat on that test and you're going to make all your decisions on a rapid little quick test, like it's a bad, it's a bad marker. They're faulty. They're, they're false, false positives. There's whatever. It's a very hard expression to hang on to and use as a marker to guide you. And mm. I find that it's very flaky. Happiness is very flaky. Like you said, I could be happy today. I could be unhappy tomorrow. If I'm using that, it's causing too much ebb and flow in my mm. day. It's causing too much. I'm allowing too much of this to, to dictate that maybe that, you know, that defensiveness that I was talking about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Like that defensiveness gets triggered. Personality, like things about my personality are getting triggered because I'm, I'm, I, I, carry, I care too much about happy and not happy. For me, it's like, forget about that. Forget mm. about happy and not happy. Focus on where is your head at? Are you, are you in a good place mentally or are you in a bad place mentally? Great. Mm. Do you have a plan in place? Do you not have a plan in place? Great. Now keep pounding the pavement. Mm. And, you know, the, the opportunity for me now, I'm not saying this is, the, this, is, this is not advice. This is just how I interpret like my, my life. And, and right. um, this is not, I don't, I'm not prescribing this at all. But for me, what I'm saying is the challenge for me now is, Anwar, how do you find happiness within the process in moments, right? And what I do in those moments is I go for things that I know make me happy, play basketball, right? But I know that when the basketball is done, I'm going to go back to what? The state that I was at, right? Like, it's not like you, you don't just go play basketball and now the next two weeks is happy. No, I was happy for three hours. Like, I did, I, did, I, did, I did basketball for three hours. I played. In those three hours, if you ask me, I'm probably happy. I can guarantee that because I know that basketball brings me happiness, which what it does in return is if you can insert moments of happiness, it helps you maintain the optimism, and that's more important. Mm. Because when you, insert hap- when you insert things consciously that make you happy in your life, hang out with that friend that you really like, sit down with a podcast with, you know, my podcast partner and make a podcast. This is what we're going to have a great time for two hours. But when I get out of here, the game is going to start again. My reality is I'm going to get back to my reality. But the happiness I had in these two hours will hopefully carry me a little bit longer in optimism, which will hopefully carry me a little bit longer in pounding that pavement, which will hopefully allow me to find that more like forever happiness, right? I think forever happiness doesn't even live on this world. I think forever happiness is the afterlife. Like, like, like to me, I don't think there is a for every happiness here. There's too many variables to mm. be internally happy, like all the time. Too many variables. What would, you ha- say, what would you say is the antithesis to happiness? What would be the, the opposite? Like the opposite word, if you had to pick one. The opposite of happiness is what? It's going to lead into a question. But what do you think? Yeah, is the op- I, I, th- I think, I think the, the, the easy answer would be sad. Happiness and sadness. Yeah. So what I pulled from that, there was a lot of resistance listening to you say that because Mm -hmm. i think that there is the let's call it the maybe for some people the toxic positivity mindset or the overly spiritual mindset that says happiness is a choice so when we speak in the sense of happiness is a choice that contradicts a bit of what you said in the sense of you're happy in this moment. And then when you leave this happiness could elude you and it's no longer there um, based on the events that are happening around you. Right now, I'm not saying you're wrong. What I'm saying is that that's what the statement says. Mm -hmm. So when you leave this, 
conversation, you walk back into, like you said, your reality and you feel optimistic, but not necessarily positive uh, or sorry, happy. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you feel sad, right? That's not what I was getting at, but what I am catching from your explanation is that sometimes in my world of deep spirituality and constantly trying to find the lesson and the optimism within it all, that we do tend to neglect the polarity of life. And I know that the spiritual community does this often, and this is not a slight at anyone in the sense that we say, you can be happy all of the time, forever, all of the time. And that is a, a beautiful mindset. And it is something that sure you can attempt to, to achieve, right? The idea of achievement still comes in there. But with that being said, it's the idea that only good can exist on earth. It's an attempt to create a utopian lifestyle, but earth is not designed that way. Earth, earth was never created to have a utopian vision. It was always designed to have the polarity of A and B, of masculine and feminine, of good and bad, of light and dark. It was always created to exist within that. And within the realm, in between good and bad, there are the gray. There's the color that I always refer to. And in the light and the dark, there's the color and the gray and so on. And so this like, conversation about happiness is the literal structure that it's never going to be the opposite. We're never going to feel the other way. It always has to be happy. And while happiness can be a choice, sadness still comes. Anger still comes. All of the natural processes of the human body come into play rejecting those and saying i'm i'm happy in that sense would be a rejection of emotion would be in a rejection of your personal experience it would be like us suppressing everything that's happening as men right we suppress our emotions it's the same thing if you're suppressing the other things because you're always supposed to be happy then you're neglecting and rejecting an entire component of the polarity of the human experience it's a necessity so what i like about what you're saying is yes there are moments that you seek out that are giving you happiness, like basketball on this podcast and things. And you're constantly consciously choosing that. But what you recognize about your experience is that that won't always be the case. And that's okay. Like I don't always need to have that as my measuring stick because having that as my measuring stick, we keep talking about this conversation has a lot of pressure is constantly elusive. And there are other components of, of the human experience, like optimism and hope and joy and all these other things that allow me to still enjoy my life. Uh, you don't, I don't feel like you're sitting in front of me saying, I don't enjoy my life. Mm -mm. You're not saying that when you say you're not happy, what you're saying is I feel other things. And those other things are adding value to my life. And I feel like that's probably a better measuring stick is, is how I'm feeling and thinking, adding value to my life. 100%. I feel like you you know, especially more towards the end there, where you were kind of saying is, you know, wh where I resonate with the with the whole idea is, you know, there was a long time where, and anyone who's kind of been here before can maybe relate. It's like, you're trying to fake happiness. Like I'm trying to pretend to be happy. Mm -hmm. and, and to me, there was way more resistance there. Like pretending to be happy was way harder for me than to just accept. You're not happy, but you got a plan, dude. You're not happy, but you got a plan. And I find that, and, and the optimism is easier to hang on to too when you're like, 
we got a plan. You know, and, it, and for me, I think life is, a, is, is, is what it's become is, and I, I always have a reference point now because it's like I was able to see my mind in a way that was so riddled with negativity that I can always look, I can always like look inside and be like, this isn't even as bad as it's been. Like, this is not, yeah, you're not happy, but look at all these other good things over here. Like, I'm not, I don't, I look at it my life a lot more holistically. Like, it's, mm that one definition of happiness is for me to have that be the, the whole experience I've noticed is just, and I, I, I one thing I really appreciate about what you said there is that like, I can, I can feel like you don't hate your life, but you're not, you know what I mean? Like that's important. Like for, I want that to come through is when I say I'm not happy before you ask me all these questions, I hope you can feel the energy that I'm not upset. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not happy, but I got a plan. I'm optimistic and I know what I'm, I'm, what I'm doing. And it's just a matter of, you know, putting in the sweat equity and putting in the time and to make sure I'm not, and to make sure I maintain that optimism, I've, I've recognized that I need to insert moments of happiness to kind of just, and if you want a visual for that, it's like, I know I need to like have wood aside here and put it on the fire every once in a while to make sure that that optimism doesn't go out. And that wood to me is basketball hang out with your friend, this podcast. And I'm conscious of, because if I don't put the wood in, the optimism will die out and the fire will go out. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's not an internal fire. And I'm aware of that. Like I need to continue to kind of fuel it with pockets of Mm -hmm. things that I know make me happy, you know, for sure. Like a guaranteed happiness um, because I've experienced through hobbies and things like that. Um, and I think what comes to it is that can you be and feel the polarity at once at the same time? Like, can you feel optimistic even when it's stressful? Can you, can you feel that way? And I think that that's really, for me, probably a more empowering question and in a more powering mindset is when things are not necessarily going the way you expect it, which obviously we know expectations are a tough mindset in general, but if they weren't going the way you expected, can you still be optimistic, even though that's happening? And we're not asking, can you be happy? Can you be optimistic? Can you be hopeful? And what optimism never says is things are perfect. Toxic positivity says things are perfect. It's like, oh, how are you feeling today? Oh, yeah, you know, things are really tough. Like I just had this person passing, but everything's great. That's toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. Optimism says, mm, I had this person pass and it's really sad, um, but we have a beautiful ceremony coming and I think it's going to be great. Doesn't mean you are overzealous in your happiness. It doesn't mean that you're overly compensating to make it seem like it's a perfect experience because it's not. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Someone does, you just lost someone in your life. You're sad as hell. You're grieving. And yet what you're able to do at the same time is say, but our family is going to be coming together and I'll be able to see everyone and it will be a beautiful ceremony. That Something as simple as that says, uh, you're not looking at life, like you said, in a very pessimistic way. And what I recognize about my own experience is that when I'm overly pessimistic, it's because I'm self-sacrificing. I noticed that um, when I'm the deepest level of unhappiness, it's because I'm self-sacrificing. And in that context of that example, it might not relate perfectly. So I'll give another one. It's if I'm walking through my day and someone asks me what I want to do, and I don't share that, and I just do what everyone else wants to do, 
that's self-sacrificing. Therefore, I'm unhappy. My body feels unhappy. There's like a resistance there. I'll, I'll still do my best to be, let's say, joyful and entertained by what we're doing. But inner, inside, I'll be like, mm, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel a, a deeper sense of unhappiness inside of me. And that is where my experience is always rooted in like the embodiment of it all. I, I feel like my body is telling me more than my mind is telling me because my mind's trying to create a story around it. Right. And whatever conditioning and beliefs I have. So if I can recognize my body and say, okay, how does my body feel in this moment? Then I feel like I can pursue or not even pursue. That's the inappropriate word. Then I can start to work towards or yeah or just like just know myself deeper of what does make me happy and when i stand in my truth that's what makes me happy but how often am i really doing that that's the hard part and what is your truth and what is my truth like how often have i asked myself that and how often like because uh it's such a hard question because my truth is so often somebody else's truth like it could be your truth because I feel pressured to believe in your truth, or it could be my partner's truth because I want to make my partner happy. So therefore I'll adopt that as my truth could be my parents' truth because that's what they told me was right. Or it could be society's truth because again, that's what they tell me is right. But does it feel good in my body? Mm-hmm. Am I noticing resistance or am I not noticing anything? Is it just flowing? And that for me is like a really good tell. It's like the gut feeling, you know, gut feelings, right? I feel like maybe it's not necessarily always in the gut for me, but it's often in the body. Mm-hmm. When someone tells me to do something and I align with it, I'm on board. My body feels great. Let's go. It feels like moving. I literally feel the urge to move. But when someone says something and I'm, I, I don't like it or it's not my truth, my body stops me in its tracks and says, don't do that. And when I do that anyway, that's where the unhappiness kicks in. That's when I feel the most because I'm self-sacrificing. It's not my truth. We can compromise for sure. And then I'll start to feel in my body better about it. But that's my deepest level of unhappiness is when I self-sacrifice. I think, I think, you know, that whole entire, whole entire rip there, like what come, came up for me and you spoke beautifully on is just like that happiness is also directly correlated to like self-awareness. Mm-hmm right? Really being able to understand yourself. Um, and it can make it easier to find happiness, or it can make it harder to find happiness, the more you understand yourself, right? It, it, it's not like it's it just now you understand it a little bit better. You know, I find that if you don't really know yourself that well, um, sometimes it might be easier to find happiness because you don't, you, you're not as defined. So you're not as you don't, you're not, you're not working towards anything specifically, you're just kind of, it's easier to find happiness, because you're not, as I'm, I'm, I'm trying to achieve this, or I want this, or inter- the internal piece is like a lot easier to kind of align with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, on my kind of you know self awareness journey, it's like I became self aware about a lot of things about my life. And every time that I was like not aligned with anything, it would create internal conflict. Mm-hmm. And then that internal conflict plays a lot into my happiness. Like you know, I'm like, sure, the things in my outside world are working all together, but my internal world is not. And, you know, like you could be, and it's, 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 we see this all the time too, where other people perceive me as they perceive you as happy. How did that perception of you being happy come to be, but you're not happy, right? Like you see how there's a disconnect there. Like it just goes to show that it doesn't matter that the things in your outside world are working and things are going well, you can still have, you can still be unhappy, right? Like, so it's, it's, it is really a, like a self-reflection thing. And I think 
for me, if you were to ask me straight up, like, what is your definition of your own happiness? It's like, how happy am I inside? Like internally, am I at peace with who I am as a human being? Forget about the goods, the bads, the up and down. Like, am I, am I happy with the warrior that I am? Am I happy with the, the individual? Like, am I happy with my, 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 my fighting spirit, my social spirit, my mental spirit, my physical spirit? Am I happy with these individuals that are inside of me? And often, sometimes when one or two or three of those you're good with, but that one that you want so badly isn't, it could play a bigger role in your overall happiness, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, it's, I'm not, I might not be happy, but I'm definitely in the battle and I'm definitely still competing and I'm definitely Mm -hmm. still fighting for my happiness. Like I want it. It's something that I want and it's something that I think I, I can earn and I can deserve. And I know that I'm on that trajectory and I'm in no way, shape or form. Am I saying that my mindset has a lot of flaws? It probably has a ton of flaws. There's probably someone that could speak to me about happiness and maybe see it a different way and give me a different perspective. And I could be like, Oh, maybe I am happy actually. Then I guess, I guess that lens is a little bit different, but if you're asking me straight up, I'm proud of myself for what I've accomplished. I am very, very grateful for the opportunities. I understand the privileges that I have. I understand the opportunities that I have. And I'm very, very, very happy about those. I'm very optimistic and I'm working towards happiness. I can't comfortably sit here and say, I am happy. Mm. But it's definite. I am definitely ascending in that direction. And that gives me, that gives me joy. Mm. Which is beautiful. And, and to, I guess, uh, tie the loop for me in this conversation. It's interesting to hear you say that because I noticed my inner resistance to the idea that you are not happy, right? Because we are supposed to be happy in this world, right? So when you say I'm not, there's a resistance there and I can feel my man box wanting to fix that. I can feel it wanting to create solutions and, and to help you out of this space as if you're in a bad space. And it's so fascinating to feel my body's urge to do that which is very much like the nervous system tracking that I'm trying to do as often as possible. Um, but one thing that I know comes to this space, which you just expressed, and I was just kind of uh, doing a little bit more research here as we uh, navigate this conversation is that uh, happiness is not out there. It's in here. And as I navigate that concept in this conversation, I, I, I definitely come to a space where um, it's like the idea of when you look back, it's depression. And when you look forward, it's anxiety. Um, but when you look now, I don't know what that word is, but there's something <laughs> that finishes that quote, but you can just hear it, right? Like looking back, you feel depressed because you're reflecting and not feeling good about it. You're looking forward. You also don't feel good, but you're anxious about it now. It's like an anxiousness about it. But when you're looking now, it creates a completely different idea of life because you're very present. And I know for me as a man, it's been hard for me to be present. But when I am present and focus on what I'm doing, I do get lost in that, which for me tells me that my body is acknowledging that it's enjoying this process. If I'm not really um, necessarily thinking about like the outcome or how I did it in the past, that is a beautiful representation for me of how my body is appreciating what's going on. Um, So in the sense of cultivating happiness and going about that process for me it's taking myself out of the present or sorry out of the out of the future (laughs) not out of the present it's taking myself out of the future i think if there's one thing that i do actively to 
cultivate this idea of happiness is getting rid of the future focus and the sense of if I'm going to, I'll do it, but don't live there because you can't, you're living here. And that's hard to do. And that causes so much tension in my body, but it's because I'm just so used to it. Mm -hmm. I'm so conditioned and habitually in a routine of future focusing. What's tomorrow like? What's next week like? What's the plan? How is it going to look? What does my future look like? When am I going to have kids? What does my job look like? When am I going to have this money? What is my house going to look like? All of these things, they're beautiful dreams, but it brings about a lot of stress for me. And if I can have vision while knowing that I'm still here in this moment and that the vision is going to change, um, then I, I feel like there's more flow to my life. And that flow for me is what I would replace um, for the word happy. Is like, do I feel like my life is a bit more in a flow? Are things flowing? Because when they flow, then I do feel the things you feel, like optimism and hope um, and gratitude for where I'm at. Well, we can wrap up the conversation. I wanted to ask you one thing from a coach, right? Mm -hmm. If if you had a client in front of you and you had to work on you, you got to work on the the goal here was to create happiness. Uh, let's say we're trying to we're trying to help this person find happiness. Mm. Um, and you were going to strategize around happy, like here, here, here are my tips around happy and happiness. Here are my tips around gratitude. And here are my tips around optimism. As a coach, where are you going in terms of giving me something that you think is going to get me the greater, the greater outcome of happiness? I mean, right out of the gate, I feel resistance to happiness being the goal. So with, if someone were to come to me and say happiness is my goal, um, I would first get them to express obviously what they feel is causing the unhappiness and working on navigating um, what, I, what I call the traffic light. So for me, there are, there, there are three components, three, three traffic light colors, right? When you drive up to a traffic light, I showed this before, um, there's a red light, a yellow light, and a green light. And when you reach a green light, you flow, right? Traffic's flowing. Everything is moving in the direction you want to, which is forward. When you're at a yellow light, it's kind of this weird like resistance, right? You're not quite sure where to go. Do I stop? Do I speed up? I don't know. Causes some resistance in the body and you have to make a decision. Um, the red one, you obviously come to a dead stop and you have to wait. And that creates its own level of tension and pressure. And, you know, what do I do? And what do I think about? I'm by myself, all these different things. And in life, in our day-to-day, we have all three components, whether it's energetically or um, in the sense of happiness, what in those colors for green, green is what makes you happy, brings you happiness for you, basketball, podcasts, so on. Um, The yellow could be things that don't really matter that much right? They're not like bringing you unhappiness, but they're not really bringing you happiness. Um, And then the red are things that are making you actually unhappy. Like they're coming, they're bringing your life to a dead stop. And what I would do is I would take stock with them of what is in their colors, what is in their traffic light of life. And recognizing, I think a lot of times that there are a lot of things in our red that are not bringing us any joy or happiness in our life. And there's so much more that we can do about that 
there are there are opportunities there when we start to take stock of the things that we're adding in our day every single day that are unnecessarily causing us unhappiness but feel like they're necessary and once we can become aware of that what we then do is we we do our best to navigate can we either rid of those things altogether can we stop doing them because that's the ultimate goal and if they are a necessity if they are a component that we have to involve ourselves with right now let's say like let's say you absolutely hate your job your job your career let's say hypothetically speaking is bringing you incredibly large amounts of unhappiness in your life we have options right one is to rid of the job but how feasible does that sound not always feasible right it sounds it sounds very hard so if it is a necessity for this component of your life then what do we need to do to navigate getting it out of the red and into the yellow we're not asking it to go to the green it doesn't have to bring you happiness but can we realign it in a sense of either getting a new schedule or getting into a different department or even honestly just navigating yourself into a new job because that would put that into into yellow because it's not bringing you so much unhappiness because you know there's an exit plan to get out there's a game plan to move forward and get out um, that would move it into the yellow and at least if it's in the yellow your day will start to open up in the sense of there's more opportunity to get into the green because you're closer now you're not so far away you're you're not so like far right spectrum you're you're more closer to the left where the green is so that would be a, a simple practice that i would go through to start navigating what's actually happening and what we can actually do about it but first we need to become aware i think a lot of people don't see that there's more in their red than there is in their green and that is a huge component of why a lot of people are unhappy because they're they're just willing to give everything to the red they're willing to give everything to the dead stop because a lot of those things are what society tells you are the appropriate things to do but when we start to include more green like you are with the basketball and with this podcast and with the creativity then it allows you to feel better about your day and you feel more optimistic right that's like the fuel of the fire right it's like adding logs to the fire you're just adding more green lights down the street right mm -hmm. and it's not to say you have to rip 100 because the speed limit's not 100 speed limit's 60. you don't get to rip it and eventually you're going to hit a yellow and that's gonna you're gonna have to ooh, 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 what do i do how do i navigate this so you'll have to slow down or you'll speed up and, and who knows what comes from that right so just that little intricacy of, of taking stock and then moving more things out of the red into the yellow and possibly into the green yeah i, I really like that analogy obviously as being the metaphor guy i like <laughs> i love that traffic light analogy i'm thank you for sharing that um i what I really resonate with that traffic light experience too, is that it eliminates this idea that I've never once in my life have ever gone in a car and have gone from A to B and not hit one red. You know what I mean? Mm. Never have I, never have I gone in every day of my life. I've never gone in the car and has hit all greens, mm -hmm. never. And what I like about that analogy is that it's how many can how many of these reds can we like maybe take a different path and maybe hit yellows or stop signs instead of like dead hard reds right how can we navigate this map if that's where we're trying to go how can we just take different routes to make it go from the hour commute right now that's killing us to a 45 minute commute mm -hmm. to a 30 minute commute to a 20 minute commute by just picking different routes by just seeing the same roads differently we're not trying mm -hmm. to change the map we're not trying to how can we just see the same roads we drive differently? 
you know, and how do we find that, um, that path and not have like, there's some people that are waking up and they're hitting a red light every day. All of them are red and it's taking an hour and a half to get to the destination and it's miserable. It's miserable. Right. And so what I love about that analogy there is that it doesn't remove the idea that, you know, it's going to be a straight line, all greens, like it's, it's traffic. That's how life works. Mm -hmm. And things are different on an every, every given day, things are different. These roads are changing all the time. There could be construction all of a sudden. Your life gets uprooted. You got to do something. It's like that road that used to be a beautiful 15-minute drive is now a 30-minute drive because there's full-on construction, but it's only temporary. The change is temporary. We'll go back mm. to the 15-minute ride. It's just a transition. We're going, from, we're going from Toronto to Calgary. Our 15-minute journey has now become 30, but it's only for a little duration. We'll go back to 15 minutes once the construction is done. And it'll actually be a, it'll be a better scene. Like when the construction is done, the road would be nicer. You'll actually enjoy this 50 minute ride along. Mm -hmm. You'll enjoy it more. You know, what's hilarious about that analogy too, uh, just to interject for a second is the construction aspect. I never included that in the, in the analogy, but if you think about it, when you're driving down a street and you hit construction, all that says is that specific area of your life is under construction. <sighs> And it's not bringing you to a stop. It's just simply slowing down for then traffic to be able to flow more freely once it's done. That's teamwork right there. I love that. Powerful. I love that. I'm definitely including that. And that's the beauty of it, like you said. And you know, you know what the days feel like when you hit all greens. You know what that feels like. And so that's not to say that that's going to happen every day. But when it does, it feels great. So how can you make it more greens if you can? Cause it's possible, but unfortunately, like I always, I keep saying, we live in a society that praises self-sacrifice. So if you're constantly self-sacrificing, you're constantly putting yourself in the red. And if you're constantly putting yourself on the red, you don't feel good during your day. So how can we get, basically how I see it is the green is your truth. Green lights are your truth. Green lights are your authentic, authentic expression. If you can get in there and, and express more and navigate that by becoming aware and taking stock of where you're self-sacrificing, then you can realize where you can uh, start self-appreciating. And that, is, that for me is, is where happiness really starts to unfold. So to wrap up this week's episode, as often as we can, this is CK with a PQ for you. And the PQ is, what does integrity mean to you? And to involve that conversation and dive in deeper, we have a powerful guest next week coming for you that we're going to talk about integrity with. We're going to have that conversation, integrity, courage, meditation, breath work, maybe a little men's coaching. He is a men's coach, a little teaser there. So we got a really powerful episode for you next week. We'll see you then. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.